I wonder if you know him. Don't try to mislead me. Do you know my king? The Bible says he's a king of the Jews. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. Now that's my king. Well, no barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his soulless supply. Well, he's enduringly strong. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. And he's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's preeminent. Well, he's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of everything good. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Do you know my king? Well, my king is a king of knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a gateway of glory. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Do you know him? Well, he's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. I'm come to tell you, the heavens of heaven cannot contain him, let alone a man explain him. You can't get him out of your mouth. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. The witnesses couldn't get their testimonies to agree. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. That's my king. He always has been, and he always will be. I'm talking about he had no predecessor, and he'll have no successor. There was nobody before him, and there'll be nobody after him. You can't him, keep him, and he's not going to resign. That's my king. Yeah. Do you know him? He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of the populace. He's the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. 
He's the overseer of the overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of princes. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Yeah. for being with us. Happy Easter. We want to offer up our praise and worship to God for his sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Let's celebrate the resurrection this morning. Who brings the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King of all shakes the whole earth, holy thunder, and leaves us breathless, in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King of all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing
love the words of this song. It talks about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but the day that he was resurrected from the grave, and that's the day we celebrate today. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn when I met I was breathing but not All my failures I tried to hide It was my dream Till I met you You Spirit says in 1 Peter, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So let's continue singing about our resurrected King who is alive and who lives and reigns in us today.
praise belongs to you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to New City Church. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We are so thrilled that you have chosen to join us on this special day. Thank you um, just so much for the privilege of worshiping together right where we are, every place that we find ourselves in. And it is our deepest desire as a church to stay connected with you. And so if you are maybe tuning in for the first time today, we would love to know that you are here. And you can visit us at newcity.us connect. And there's just a simple form for you to fill out there and promise we won't be weird about it. But we would just love to know that you have joined in and just have a place to connect with you. Absolutely, Jen. Just want to let you guys know of a couple of ways that New City is being a blessing to our community. The first is through partnering with One Blood for a mobile blood drive this coming Friday, April 17th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the South Park campus. Now, if you're interested in donating, please sign up so that we can keep social distancing protocols in place. And to sign up, just go to newcity.us slash giveblood. And the second way is through partnership this Easter with an organization called Loaves and Fishes. They provide groceries for our neighbors right here in Mecklenburg County through food pantries. Now, as the need for emergency food has gone up, the availability has gone down. And so New City has given $10,000 to help with the impact that COVID-19 has had in our community. Now, as always, you can learn more about how to get involved in serving or giving in our community at newcity.us serve now. New City Church exists to bring gospel renewal to our city and to our world. And over the last few weeks, Chris and I have been beyond encouraged and frankly challenged by the ways that you are so faithfully living out our mission as a church. And so although we're not gathered today in one building, um, we are still on mission together and it is awesome. So I want to invite each of you, if you are able or uh, willing to continue to give, and you can do that in a couple of different ways. You can give online um, at newcity.us give. You could give a one-time gift or a recurring gift, whatever uh, would be easiest for you. And you can certainly uh, mail us your gift in that way as well. So would you join me in praying as we continue our service today? Father, we praise you for Jesus. We praise you for sending him to us. Thank you that death is indeed defeated and that you are alive and your hope lives within each and every one of us. May we remember this truth today and always. Bless our time together and make yourself known in each place that we find ourselves in. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. to Easter at New City. We're so grateful to have each and every one of you joining us together today. I know that this day feels different, that it looks different with everything happening in our world, that we can't be together physically, but we are still together in spirit and in truth because of this one 
simple truth. Christ the Lord is risen today. The resurrection is the central event in all of Christianity. It is the most important event of all. The apostle Paul knew this. He wrote these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 17 through 22. Let me, let me read it to you, the importance of the resurrection. Paul said, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. No, no subtlety there, right, from the apostle Paul. He continues by writing, in that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. How much does the resurrection matter? Everything pivots on the teaching, on the reality of the resurrection. It's the new life that God offers to each of us. Jesus wrote a check on Friday on the cross and it cleared the bank on Sunday with the empty tomb and the resurrection. Let me say it another way together, New City family. Easter, what we're celebrating today, is the reason for Christmas. It's the whole reason why Jesus came into this world. Emmanuel, God with us. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's the reason why he came to make a perfect sacrifice for you and for me for all time. For our sins past, present, and, and believe it or not, even our future sins, Jesus paid it all. The resurrection is the reality of every sign that Jesus performed, of every sermon that he preached. The Gospel of John records seven major signs that Jesus performed. Now, of course, there were many other signs that Jesus performed. But the resurrection, this final sign, this seventh sign, is the reality of every single sign, every single miracle that Jesus performed, telling and demonstrated to each of us who he was and why he came. Uh, John writes the, the purpose of all these signs, if you will, the, the purpose statement of the entire gospel of John and the, the reason for recording these miracles and these signs in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Let me read it to you. John writes, now Jesus did many other signs, more than just these seven, and the presence of the disciples, which are not written in, these, in this book. But listen to this, verse 31, John 20. But these, these signs are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. The reason that John chose to record these specific signs is that so you may believe, that I may believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah and that by believing in him, we might have life in his name. Old passing away and new life coming to each and every one of us. 
Did you know that Jesus appeared to over 500 people after that very first resurrection morning? It's true. 500 different people that Jesus appeared to. Now, now you, you guys know this, okay? You know this. That if, that if the resurrection wasn't true, the, these 500 eyewitnesses that saw Jesus and corroborated together around this story, if it wasn't really true, you guys know this. Everybody has somebody to tell. E- even in your home right now, you might look around right now in your circle or if you're watching with someone online or even in your family as you're keeping up with them through social media and phone calls, everybody in your circle has somebody to tell, especially a juicy piece of news like this. If this wasn't true, how would those 500 people keep their story straight? And yet, all of them, all throughout the years, continue to proclaim and share the same piece of good news. Jesus is alive. The resurrection is now a reality. And, and, and this is how the apostle John, the, the author of the gospel of John, this is how he records that story. His own eyewitness to the resurrection events that first Easter morning. It's found in John chapter 20, verses one through 10. So right where you are today in your homes, for those of you who are listening in on podcasts or however you're tuning in today, right where you are, would you open up your Bibles to to John chapter 20? And we're gonna look at verses one through 10. Again, this is John's eyewitness account of the very first Easter morning, that resurrection morning. And I've got some New City family members who are all around our city today who are gonna read our passage for us today. John chapter 20, verses one through 10. This is the word of God to you today. A reading out of John. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus, Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, and reached the tomb first, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself, Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. The early church was socially distancing on that very first resurrection morning, right? We, we read that in the passage that they were scattered in their homes. Uh, they, they, they weren't scattered, they weren't socially distancing because of a virus, they were distancing because of persecution. They were afraid what might happen to them. Jesus has been uh, crucified and they're wondering if they're next. So they're sheltering in place, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, I read an entry this week from another author who said, maybe huddling as a small group of disciples in a home as we are today, wondering where God is. Wondering even in the current reality of this world, what is God doing? What will happen next to us? And where do we go from here? Maybe that's the real way to experience what that first Easter 
was like. Wow, what an insight. That in the uniqueness of this Easter, that, that maybe we are being given a special insight and understanding to what that first Easter was really like. In the midst of our confusion, our disappointment, our grief, our anger, our frustration, our annoyances, we're understanding what the early church, those first disciples, must have been experiencing on that first resurrection morning. Guys, G Jesus, don't forget, Jesus has turned water into wine. He, he's healed an official's son. He, he's healed the, the, the crippled man at the pool. He, he's fed a multitude of people. He's restored sight to a blind man from birth. And he's raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. The disciples must have been wondering, how could Jesus be gone? How could he be dead? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen next? All kinds of fears, grief, confusion, many of the same emotions that, that many of us are experiencing even today in this moment. And it's right in that moment. It's right in this moment with your fears, your confusion, your disappointment, your frustrations, that the resurrection happens. That the resurrection enters into our story that the reality of the resurrection breaks through its light into our great darkness. It's in the midst of their questions and fears that Jesus appears to them, that Jesus uh, is resurrected, and, and that they begin to proclaim and to understand the reality of this resurrection. Let, let's go back to the passage here for just a few moments together. Follow along with me, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. Beginning in verse 1, we, we read that, that Mary Magdalene and, and other women are going with her to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. They couldn't do it on the Sabbath, so they're going early Sunday morning, that first day of the week, to, to prepare his body. They're not expecting the resurrection. Again, it's in the midst of their confusion and disappointment that the resurrection enters into their story, and it does for us too. They, they get to the tomb, and they see the stone rolled away. And, and, and they're frightened by that. They're confused. And what do they think? Look at the passage. They think that people have come and, and stolen the body, that they've somehow overcome the guards and rolled the, the massive uh, stone away and they've stolen Jesus's body. And so they, they run to Peter. They run to the apostle Peter and they tell him the news. Look at verses two and three. And Peter and John, the disciple that, that Jesus loved, the author of this gospel. Again, this is his eyewitness account to what happened that first Easter morning. They, they run to the tomb, verse 2 and 3. And, and John wants to let us know, I love this, verses, verses 4 and 5. John, John wants to let us know that he got there first. I love the competitive spirit, John. That he outran Peter to the tomb. And they see, just like Mary did, that the stone was rolled away. And, and, and the Bible says that, that John stooped in. He, he, he looks into the tomb, but he's afraid to go in. He sees the clothes, the grave clothes of, of Jesus lying there, but there's no body. Jesus isn't there, but he's afraid to go into the tomb. And then here comes Peter, right? Here comes Peter busting through. He, he doesn't make it to the tomb first. He gets, he gets beat to the tomb by, by John, but, but he busts in. He walks into, can you imagine in your mind's eye just for a moment, wherever you are, Let's go back to that first Easter morning. The stone rolled away from the, the tomb that Jesus' body was in. And, and, and now light shining into the tomb. And here comes Peter walking into the empty tomb of Jesus. The reality of the resurrection all around him. 
uh, Peter's courage to enter in first to the tomb. He, he's the first one to see that, that the grave clothes are lying there. Look at the passage there with me. And, and, and interesting detail here in verse 7, John chapter 20, that the face cloth, so uh, in, in, in burial you would have, be wrapped in grave clothes, but you would, there would be a cloth that would be placed over your face neatly. And, the, and John gives this interesting detail. Again, he was an eyewitness to the resurrection. He gives this detail here in his account for us that the face cloth was folded up and placed by itself. Uh, John comes into the tomb after Peter does. You know, courage is, is contagious, guys. You, you, you demonstrate courage and faith, and it's amazing in your family, in your circles, to, to see other people notice that uh, Peter's faith walking in, his courage to come in leads to, to John coming in. And they both witness this, the, the grave clothes and the, and the face cloth placed and folded neatly in a, in a separate space. And they begin to understand this isn't a crime scene. This isn't a crime scene. You don't steal a body. You don't overcome guards, roll a tomb away, steal a body in the middle of the night, and then, and then take the time to neatly fold up a face cloth and, and unwrap grave clothes. You, you, you don't do that. And the reality of the resurrection begins to sink into them. Look at the passage. The Bible says here in verse 8, John chapter 20, John records about himself that as he goes in and he sees that for himself, he believes. Now let's flash back to the purpose of the miracles, right? The purpose of the signs. Back to the whole purpose statement of why John included them in his gospel. John chapter 20, verse 31. These signs are written so that you may know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you believing in Jesus for yourself, not, not your neighbor, not your friend, not your grandmother, not your uncle. You believing in Jesus for yourself, you might receive life. And we see John experience that life right here in this moment. And he captures it for us. John chapter 20, verse 8. He sees the evidence. It's not a blind faith. He sees the evidence, the grave clothes, the face cloth neatly folded somewhere else. And he realizes in that moment that Jesus is alive that the resurrection is a reality. Kids who are watching with your parents right now, all right, I don't, I don't think this is too much of a stretch from, from the resurrection passage, passage this morning. Jesus folds up the face cloth that was over his faith, face after he defeats death and hell for all of us for all time, and he neatly folds it up. He, he makes his bed, right? So, so if Jesus could make his bed after the resurrection, we can all make our beds, right? that the reality begins to sink in for John and for Peter and then for all the disciples as they begin to hear the news and they witness Jesus for themselves, for themselves that there's a reality now to the resurrection. It's not just a, it's not just a, a teaching that they'd heard of when they were young. There's a, there's a resurrection. It's not just a teaching that they had heard uh, Jesus proclaim. Now they see it with their own eyes. Uh, look at this with me as we finish the passage today. Look at verses nine and 10. I love this. John chapter 20. They're sitting in the tomb or they're standing there. They're, they're witnessing for themselves the reality of the resurrection. John and Peter are, right? And then look at verse nine. For as of yet, they, plural, John and Peter, they, John includes Peter in this, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. All of the sermons that Jesus preached, all of the signs that he performed throughout the gospel, they were all pointing to Jesus and who he really was. But it wasn't, everyone watch this. It wasn't until the resurrection 
that it crystallized for John and for Peter and the other disciples who Jesus was and the reality of why he came. His words that he is the resurrection, that he is the life must, must have sunk into their hearts in this moment. And they believed the purpose of the miracles themselves, personal belief in Jesus. And we see that modeled first and foremost from the very first ones who witnessed the empty tomb and the resurrection. They placed their belief in Jesus. It crystallizes for them. They understand the scripture and they understand who Jesus really is in this moment. And then verse 10, what do they do? They go back to their homes. They go back to their homes, but they go with a new song in their hearts. With, with, with new life in their own hearts and, and, a, and, a, and a good news to share with all the other disciples. And then for the rest of their lives, anyone else that they came in contact with, they continued to proclaim the reality of the resurrection, the good news of Jesus. The word gospel, you know, you hear that word gospel, the word gospel means good news. What is the good news? the resurrection of Jesus. They went back to their homes and proclaimed that. As we go back into our homes after today's worship service, may we proclaim that to one another. May we proclaim the reality of the resurrection to ourselves, preach the gospel to ourselves, the good news, to our family members, to our friends, to our neighbors, right where we are. Don't you know, as we finish today, don't you know that the, the disciples, as, as they experience the reality of the resurrection, the, the, the resurrected life of Jesus physically in front of them to see? Don't you know that they, they began to look back on all the other signs that John had recorded, all the other wonders that they had experienced? And, and it must have begun to, to sink into them who Jesus really was and how all of these signs were pointing to the reality of who Jesus was. They must have looked back and, and thought about Jesus at Cana turning the water to wine in John chapter two and realized that it was pointing to him inaugurating a new covenant, a new promise, not through our works, but through his very blood. They must have looked back and remembered the healing of the official son and, and now realized that it was really pointing to Jesus granting life through the very power of his word. They must have looked back to the healing of the lame man at the pool and, and realized that it pointed to Jesus making people just like us spiritually whole. They must have looked back to the, the feeding of the multitude and realized that, that it was really pointing, that sign was pointing to the reality that Jesus is the bread of life. They, they, they must have looked back to Jesus healing the, the blind man from, from birth and, 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 and realized that that miracle, that sign was really pointing to the reality that Jesus is the light of the world. And finally, the disciples must have looked back on these miracles that Jesus performed, just as we're looking back today. And they must have realized that, that, that Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, his friend from, the, from, from his grave, it, that, that it was really pointing to Jesus's power over death forever. The, the, the reality of the resurrection, right, is that Jesus has come to bring us new life. The resurrection itself, bottom line today, New City, the resurrection is the reality of every sign that Jesus performed. And the resurrection itself, that final sign, its reality, its reason, the reason for the resurrection, if you will, everyone lean into this. The reason for the resurrection is a relationship. The reason for the resurrection of Jesus is a relationship with each and every one of you. 
Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world, each and every one of us, to bring us into right relationship with him. This is the gospel. This, this is the good news. This is the reality of the resurrection, that through the person and the work of Jesus Christ, God has fully accomplished salvation for you and for me. And that's the hope. That's the new life. That's the light of the resurrection that we stand in today. May, may the reality of the resurrection hit your heart in a way that maybe it never has before. And may you understand that, that this final sign that John records, this final miracle is for you. It's for you to believe and to have life in the name of Jesus. I heard a sermon a couple of weeks ago from Pastor Louis Giglio. Louis pastors a church in Atlanta, Georgia, and he gave this illustration about 20 inches to, to mercy. That's how he phrased it, 20 inches to forgiveness. And, and what he was talking about in the illustration was, was the fact that between our knees and the ground approximately is the distance of 20 inches. And we tested that out this week in, in our house. We have a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. So four out of the five, that was true. And our youngest, our 10-year-old, was a little bit less than 20 inches. But approximately the distance between every person's knees and the ground is 20 inches. And if you just think about that for a moment, and you think about the reality that that distance, those 20 inches, represents what God calls each of us to do in response to the reality of the resurrection. And that's to bow before him. To, to stop walking around in our own works, our own power, our own strength, and to simply come before God on our knees, not high and proud, but low and humble. The, the Bible says that, that one day, the day is coming, that at the, the very name of Jesus, every knee will bow, those 20 inches, and, and every tongue will confess, will speak that he is Lord. 20 inches seems like, such a short distance, but, but the reality is that there's a lot of fears and a, a lot of questions at times, sometimes maybe even our own pride or our confusion, our disappointments. For some of us, maybe it's our, our past stuff that we've done that, that keeps us from, from humbling ourselves and, and coming before God in this way. But, but, but I wanna ask you today, New City family, in, in the light of the reality of the resurrection, that, that we would bow before God together as a church family. And so I'm gonna ask you even now, if you're able to, if you're able to physically get on your knees, to, to journey those 20 inches and to bow before God today, that you would. If you're not able to, that's okay. Maybe you would just bow before God in your own heart. God, we come before you today, not high and mighty or prideful in any way. We, we come on our knees, bowed before you in humility. We confess to you today that you are Lord. You have the words of life. You have defeated death on our behalf because of the resurrection, what we're celebrating today. And so we thank you and we praise you on our knees together today. 
for those who have never believed in Jesus, if that's you, you've never placed your faith, your belief, your simple trust in Jesus, not your works, not your religiosity, anything you could do, but right here in this moment, right where you are, bow before God. Would you confess Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? Right where you are today, would you simply believe in him and his completed work on the cross and through the resurrection for you? That all of your sins, past, present, and future, have been forgiven because of the sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice, the completed sacrifice of Jesus. If that's your prayer, would you invite him now into your heart? Would you ask him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior and your Lord today? For those of you who are Christ followers, you've, you've made that profession of faith. You've believed in Jesus and confessed your sins before him. May this moment bow before Jesus on your knees together as a church family. May this moment be a moment of recommitment for you, of saying, God, I want more of you. There's something in my life right now that I'm keeping from you. There's a space in my heart and my life that I'm not allowing your lordship and your kingdom to come. And I want more of you today, Jesus. Would you just confess whatever that might be before Jesus today? And would you invite him to take more control of your life, of your mind, of your actions, of your work, as parents, as brothers, as sisters, whatever that might be for you, would you just simply say, Jesus, I want more of you and I bow before you and ask you, I ask you, Jesus, to take control of my life. I rededicate and recommit myself to following you all the days of my life. Jesus, bow before you today. As a church family, we come before you and we intercede and we pray for our world, for each and every person. We ask your mercy to be upon our neighbors. We ask your mercy to be upon our city, our state, our nation, our world. We ask for healing for those who are sick. We ask for people who are working on the front lines in the medical profession and, and for those who are continuing to serve us in food service and all kinds of essential services that they're providing. We ask that you would protect them and that you would empower their hands today as they serve. As they're your hands and they're your feet, Jesus, would you be with them? We ask for your mercy. We ask for your grace. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, we humble ourselves before you today. We pray and we ask that you would heal our lands. We ask that you would, you would uh, forgive our transgressions, our, our, our many sins, and they're many, they're great. Please forgive us. Have mercy on us. We bow before you today, King Jesus. We ask that you would take control of our lives and we, would, we ask that you would take control of this world, that you would, you would point people's faces and their attention to you, Jesus. We pray for revival in this world, that in this moment of crisis, that people now more than ever would look to you, Jesus, and that they would believe in you and have life that you've promised for them. We pray that in Jesus' name today. We honor you today, King Jesus. We love you. We thank you for the resurrection. We thank you for the promise and the reality of new life. May we never, ever get over what you're doing in our hearts today. May you set us on a course from this day forward to bring you glory today and forever.
We give you the glory now, King Jesus, in your name. Amen. What a powerful moment and what a powerful prayer. And if you're at home and you made a decision to follow Jesus today, or maybe you made a decision to to more deeply follow Jesus, made a deeper commitment to follow Jesus, we want to know about that. We want to follow up with you. We want to walk with you. We want to celebrate with you. We've set up a way to do that. If you will text DECISION to the number below, again, we'll have someone follow up with you. We'd also love to send you a great resource, a book, How to Follow Jesus, and love to get this in your hands. And to do that, just again, text DECISION to the number on the screen, and we'll get that to you this coming week. Hey, friends, we're really excited about the upcoming sermon series starting next week, Why Trust the Bible, and really excited about what God's going to do with that. So please be ready to come on next week, worship with us as we start a new series, Why Trust the Bible, a great opportunity to invite your friends, invite your coworkers, send them the link, and we'll love to be with you all next week. And now we're going to go back and follow up with one final worship song and a blessing. Happy Easter. today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Sing it. Lord bless